imagine slashing the time you spend on accounts payable tasks by over 80% and saying goodbye to the drudgery of manual bill data entry. Now imagine what amazing things you could do for your firm, your team, and your clients with all that time you saved. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, MakersHub, later in the episode. You can't try to be all things to all people, really as any business, but acutely as a startup. And so you need to find one person who has a, like an acute recurring problem, like we said, and let's try to solve that in a very narrow way. If you'd like to earn CPE credit for listening to this episode, visit earmarkcpe.com. Download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. Continuing education has never been so easy. And now, on to the episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Blake Oliver, and today I'm talking with Fong Ngo and Charlie Howe. Fong, Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us. Nice, Blake. Very nice to be here. Great to be here. Uh, you two are the founders of Makers Hub, making AP unbelievably enjoyable. Now, there are a lot of accounts payable solutions on the market for accounts. It might be the most crowded field. So for those who don't know Makers Hub, um, what, what makes you different than all the other AP solutions out there? That was our same presumption. Very crowded market, very saturated. These problems must be solved. Uh, and as we spent more time investigating the opportunity and kind of being pulled to it by virtue of the path that we'd initially set out on for Makers Hub, it became very clear to us that there was an immense amount of both white space in the accounts payable you know, technology department, people who were not being served, people who had needs that were being unmet by the both incumbent solutions and just ignored by the market. And what that really means for us and the problem set that we aim to solve and are solving for many of our users is the degree of granularity of the data capture that happens in the account payable process. There's a big cohort of users who use the data that comes across in the AP process. What is actually on the bills that my vendors are sending me for really operationally critical tasks. So if you're a construction company, for instance, you're using that data to do job costing, you're using that line item data to do cost plus billing, you're using that line item data as the basis of estimating future work more accurately. And what we observed when we set out down this path is that the ability to capture and contextualize that information in a very granular way was still a very, very manual task for people who could invest the time and energy in that manual contribution to the process. And then there was a whole host of other people who said, hey, this amount of information uh, would be lovely to have, but it turned out to be a luxury because they simply couldn't invest the you know, operational overhead to capture it. So what we do uh, that's very different from the balance of those kind of long tail solutions that you mentioned, Blake, is we have you know fully internal, fully proprietary technology that allows us to read and give context to bills uh, in a much more granular, much more accurate way. Uh, that's a promise that's been made many, many times over. And hearing me say it for many people is going to be, hey, I've heard that before. The users who are currently enjoying our solution know that this time really is different. So you're talking about really detailed invoices, line item detail, 
on bills, invoices, where like on your on your screenshot on your homepage, I see smooth bore, seamless, 304, stainless steel tubing, one to one and a half inches OD with a bunch of detail. Yep. So we're talking manufacturing. We're talking construction. Is that right? Fong came from a manufacturing background, ran a manufacturing company for many, many years, which he'll talk about. We came to this with the presumption that it really is manufacturing-centric or construction-centric trade services, people who operate in the physical world. And that has remained to be true. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of need and pull from the market in those segments. What has surprised both Fong and me is you know, the ubiquity of this need across non-physical world style businesses that, you know, there is uh, a tremendous amount of people and businesses across industries uh, that have the desire to capture a lot more information in the AP process. So we are, you know, focused on those physical world style industries because of the natural, you know, dovetail of the usefulness of what we do and how we can serve them. But every day we meet somebody new from an industry that we never would have conceived of being the type of person that we were aiming to serve. You know, just really quickly, uh, as you described what uh, what we do and the granularity we encountered, you know, just this past week, a 90 page bill. So it was a single PDF, 90 pages, and it had 24 underlying invoices as part of that single PDF. And our software was able to read it, break out all 24 individual invoices as discrete individual documents down to every line item, you know, rendered in under a minute. And so it is that both level of granularity, but also for people who have really high volumes of AP or are getting these, you know, single documents with multiple underlying and economic records as part of them, it's the thoughtfulness and care that we've built in to being able to reconcile all of this and take away what has historically been really, really necessary manual participation in it. Yeah, that's a lot of pages. That's a lot of line items uh, on that invoice. That's incredible that your software has been able to do that. Yeah. Fong, I understand you have an engineering background. I did. And you, you were running a manufacturing company. What about that experience led you to want to automate accounts payable for manufacturing companies? Yeah, great question. My my entire life have been, you know, a collection of very unanticipated change in direction. I'm an electrical engineer by trade. Right out of college, I worked at an equipment manufacturing company where what we do was we manufacturing automated production facility for at the time was solar industry. And I start out in control engineering, so I do a lot of programming, automate production. And over time, you know, I grow through the rank where I become, you know, electrical engineer manager, operation manager, and I eventually run the business. So my entire career have always been as an engineer, and I saw my business problem with a very similar mindset of engineering. And in that experience, where I eventually, where I become running the business, where I start recognizing there was problem that even though us as a company, one of the most advanced engineering manufacturing expert, we wasn't competing all that well with our competitor. And what it really come down to was that even though I know everything there is to know about the machine, where all the wire go, I didn't know where all the money goes. 
our machine with 10,000 components, we have all the drawing for them. But when we go and purchase them, the bill was stacking up. We have, you know, office of five, six people, and they barely keep up with getting the bill pay. So when we need to propose for the next job or I need to go and compete with competitor, it had always been a very major slowdown for us to try to understand our costs. And that was where it became very apparent for me was that not knowing my back office number was what kind of holding us back from like, you know, growing a company and growing the business. And, um, you know, kind of leading to wanting to build this was that from an engineer, I'm like very hard for me to admit that this problem cannot be solved. It's like, you know, you're sitting here typing it, right? So it's always, hey, let's go and figure this out and go and buy software. We have money, go do it. And it's never been solved until I had to go and do it where I appreciate what were all the missing links and why it wasn't really being solved and that they continue to inspire Charlie and I to go down and really build this product to serve the small, medium-sized businesses um, like who I was to really kind of empower them. So what about the current solutions or the available solutions didn't work for your business? You know, uh, so what it was, was really um, a lot of the AP solution. So they're too tight. They're, they're like a really complex ERP solution where like the next week of the world where we were a small business. And so, you know, when we started researching solution, there were an AP centric solution and then there a full blow ERP. And we go down the ERP round at four or five different times. And it's always this kind of like, you know, hey, this like rainbow and unicorn down the line here and you're going to spend a lot of money. But what it's going to take is six to 12 months of impl implementation. You need to get a dedicated IT person and you need to change the entire workflow. For a small, medium-sized business where you're constantly moving and changing, we don't have the luxury to do that. We cannot go and say stop for six months or 12 months of having dedicated resources. So it, we go down that path multiple times and it never was a way where, hey, it's a solution, I'm ready to go, let's do it tomorrow, right? And, and so um, the investment of time wasn't something that uh, very prohibited for, you know, business like our. Then there are like a AP solution with the end, the bill pay solution, which like they really done a great job on streamlining, get the money out of the door. But that what they were really kind of focused on were like getting the money out of the door. And my problem was that it wasn't too hard for me to cut and pay checks. What really was hard was I have an AP person who doesn't know anything about all the project I'm doing. So the disconnection between that AP person and the shipping and receiving manager and the engineer, what end up making the bills, even though we're spending the resource to enter them, they go into all the wrong place. And so, you know, like the solution that wasn't really there to enable collaboration to the way that really solving us. Um, and the manual data entry was massive. We were... 10,000 components. So you look at the bill stack, it's like very scary, you know, big long stack on the table from the mail, sitting there typing them are very, um, very painful. 
So you have all this data going into an accounting system and it's not really useful because it's not connected to anything else in your organization. And right. ERPs, right? An ERP system is going to be way too much to put in place. So this is sort of a like a middle ground then. You can keep using uh, what were you using? QuickBooks, I take it? Yeah, we were we were QuickBooks desktop users. So like when, when we set out to build the solution, one of the things that we really, you know, pay a lot of attention and, and engineering resource into how do we allow the business to operate exactly the way they operate today? Basically, these are functional, mature business who know what they're doing. They have a process in place. How do we fit in in the way that allow the business continue to, you know, process their workflow, but take all the manual entry away and, and use technology to really solve the problem. So like the, the uh, you know, the time to get usefulness out of Microsoft is something we spend a lot of effort, you know, fit seamlessly mm. in the people workflow. So I can still get like job profitability reports without having to do the whole ERP Mentally typing them, that's right. Yep, you can get yeah. all your job costing, you can get all your data, you can get all your report um, without sitting there typing them. So like all the, you know, all the manual typing is what allows you to get all the data now to get done. Um, your process didn't change. Whatever you were doing before, your project structure doesn't change and it's allowed you to, you know, enjoy these, uh, the new data. Another thing I want to add and note about the ERP system is also not only that really the time that it takes to implement them, uh, what I learned from like the, you know, book on the ground running the business is regardless how hard you try to enforce people to do things a certain way, there will always be leaky bucket where much easier for a purchasing manager to call the vendor like, hey, I need this right now. Instead of go and issue a purchase order and get a quote and do all that stuff, right? So the true nature of running a business is that always the liquid bucket where bills you're gonna receive without ever go through an ERP. And and how do you deal with those? It would like kind of what make us have kind of fund run and say, we're gonna address this problem at the very basic level. Doesn't matter how you buy them, you will get billed one way or the other, through emails or through mails or like phone call. And we allow businesses to handle all of that without like changing anything. I love that. You're, you're solving the pain point, the immediate pain point, allowing businesses to continue using QuickBooks, yep. not having to do that expensive ERP implementation, still getting the reporting they need or, or getting the reporting that they were missing. Right. Charlie... You, you aren't an accountant, but you do have a background in banking and finance. How did you two get connected? What, what got you interested in solving this problem? So I have no background in accounting, uh, but I did spend, prior to founding the business with Fong, I was at uh, Citibank City for 18 years. And I spent 14 of those years in the uh, institutional fixed income, capital markets, part of the business and then moved for the last four or five years that I was there to the internal venture capital arm. And there we made investments on behalf of the bank that were relevant to the businesses that the bank was in. Um, and I started by doing things that you know, I knew and had dovetailed with the 
part of the business that I had worked in for many years, which was the mortgage business from an institutional perspective. So capital markets, lending style businesses, but given the nature of cities businesses, that uh, transition to a lot of payments companies, um, a lot of vertical software and embedded payment style businesses. And before coming up with the notion for Makersub and even you know agreeing to go down this journey with Fong, I had gotten to a point where I had been at City for a very long time, had reached a level of you know seniority where it would have been very difficult to leave and do something brand new. Um, but I was also looking around and looking at the jobs above me and kind of said, I'm not really interested in what comes next in staying here. Um, but didn't have a natural kind of next plan or a plan B. So I did what a lot of people who are, you know, a little bit of uh, experiencing a bit of aimlessness do. And I went back to school while still working full time, but got my MBA in a nights and weekends executive program. Um, I was San Francisco based at the time. And uh, Wharton has a campus both in Philadelphia and in San Francisco and went to that program. And that's where I met Fong. And uh, Fong, who was experiencing kind of a similar dynamic in a very different way at the manufacturing company that he just spoke about, um, is how he arrived there. And we became, you know, fast friends almost immediately. I recognized in about five minutes that Fong was the smartest guy in a class of very smart people by leaps and bounds. And this was a horse that I was going to hitch my wagon to. Um, you know, I was not one of these people who is just hell bent on doing a startup and is waiting for the right idea or waiting for the right partner. Very far from it. I figured, you know, I would be a lifelong, you know, corporate stiff. Um, but in meeting Fong and becoming friends and realizing that we, despite coming from opposite ends of the world, quite literally, had just a very similar worldview, a very similar work ethic, um, really complementary skill sets and experiences uh, and views of the world, we started to talk you know, pretty early on about if we were going to do something together, what would that look like? How would it um, marry both of our unique sets of experiences? Um, and that's how we came to you know, the, the nascency or the, the birth of what has ultimately become MakerSub. This episode of the Earmark Podcast is sponsored by Makers Hub. Makers Hub is the cutting-edge accounts payable solution designed specifically for the accounting and financial professional of today. Imagine slashing the time you spend on accounts payable tasks by over 80%, freeing you up to focus on what really matters in your practice. With Makers Hub, you can say goodbye to the drudgery of manual bill data entry because Makers Hub captures over 39 data fields from incoming bills including line item details that can be seamlessly synced with QuickBooks, whether online or desktop. This means every detail from the most complex bills is captured with just a click, eliminating the need to enter line items one by one. And that's just the start. MakersHub automates the creation of new vendors, items, and jobs, recognizing when no match is found in QuickBooks and allowing you to add new entries effortlessly. And their smart auto-mapping rules ensure that every item and expense is coded accurately every time based on supplier, item number, or description. Makers Hub allows you to design single or multi-person approval flows that fit your client's needs, send payments within 24 hours that reconcile perfectly to your bank statements, 
and provide clients with cash flow forecasts. Dive into a world where manual accounts payable tasks are a thing of the past. To learn more about how Makers Hub can revolutionize your accounting practice, head over to earmarkcpe.promo slash makershub. That is earmarkcpe.promo forward slash M-A-K-E-R-S-H-U-B. Most startups start with an idea and then they pivot at some point. Yeah. What did you start with? Did you have to pivot? Did you have to change your thinking from where you started? Yeah, absolutely. I think our story has many, 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 many chapters left to be written. So far be it from us to act like any kind of authority on, you know, how startups go and successful startups go. But I think that, you know, taking coming to the world with both a hypothesis but a manifestation of that hypothesis, something that you can give to somebody. Don't go and just ask somebody to take a survey or tell you what they think about the world and then index to that, but give them something and see if what they say matches how they act is really important in terms of getting ahead and moving down the path of solving a solution that's worth solving, which is the goal of every startup. And we were no different. So the kind of observation that we had is the same that we just described, which is Fong had this major problem with data flowing through the process. He was a world-class engineer that could start with a pile of raw materials, put it through a series of machines and come out the other end, a beautifully functioning world-class machine. But he didn't have that for the financial elements of his business, right? That part of it was very broken. And so we initially said, hey, if you started at the procurement level, how we buy things and how we buy the stuff that goes into these machines was different, it could allow for that data to flow as elegantly as the machine itself flows. And so we started by saying, we were still trying to solve the same problem that we're solving today, but we started on the other end. We started by saying, hey, if people bought differently, this outcome would be easier and it would flow more naturally. And there were elements of that that were true. So we built the procurement tool. We built the most beautiful uh, advanced componentry procurement tool that probably exists. And we put it on the shelf really, really fast when we started giving it to people and asking them to use it. And people kept saying, um, yeah, but it's pretty easy to just email Blake. Or, you know, (laughs) they had routines and processes and habits where what we had built, it became clear to me and Fong really quickly, was a nice to have, not a need to have from the procurement standpoint. But what we heard over and over and over again, which we hadn't really conceived of was, hey, The procurement pieces of this are neat and nifty and look pretty. Um, But what I love about it is when I order in this way, I don't have to put that information into QuickBooks. It just comes out the other end, properly coded and complete and accurate. But I would only use your procurement tool to buy one out of the 15 things that I need for this machine. Can you do this for the other 14? And Fong and I kind of looked at each other and said, I don't know, they're a big Blake, it's exactly how you open this podcast. There's a gazillion companies that do this. Some of them really big, been around a long time, super well capitalized, lots of smart people. This must be a solved challenge. This person 
Musk not have found or know of these big incumbent solutions. And then we heard it again. And then we heard it again. And after hearing it the third time in the exact same way, we really dug in pretty deeply as to what was out there. And it became very clear very early on where the shortcoming was and why these people were having this kind of repetitive problem. And so having heard that, we you know took the six months of work and this beautiful tool that we had that we were convinced was going to be the thing that we were going to do, immediately put it on the shelf, listen to what the world was telling us and built you know, the kind of V1 of what has now become maker sub. Um, and, uh, and it's been unequivocally the right decision so far. So you started with a purchasing module or purchasing tool and you struggled to get adoption because people have their way of doing things already, right? They like to email this, uh, right. they like to email their orders or something like that. So what, what, it, what change did you make in the product then to overcome that? Like, is the idea that I can still, like, do I? Yeah, so we just, and I'll let Fong, I'll hand this to Fong, but, you know, two things. One was that the pain wasn't acute enough, you know, to get off the ground as a startup, to overcome all of the world's inertia pushing against you, you have to identify a really acute and recurring pain that someone is experiencing. And that sounds like, you know, a little trite and trivial. Oh, of course, that's how you would start it. That's actually really hard. There aren't that many acute unsolved pains in the world or that are super easy to identify. Um, so the product, all we've really done is, you know, if you think about the purchase journey, it starts with somebody having a need, going out to buy something, and it ends with making a payment and categorizing it in the accounting world. That's how a B2B you know, transaction journey goes. And we set out saying, let's start at point A, right? Somebody needs to buy something and let's go through the purchase journey. And all we really did was say, it's much smarter to start at point Z and work back to point A than to start at point A and work to point Z. And what we mean by that is the end of this journey is you get a bill, you pay that bill, and then you code it. Let's start there and work back to how people buy, because that was the much more acute, the much more recurring, and the much more daily front of mind problem that people were telling us that they had. Fong, you as, as Fong identified, the the biggest pain point was that data entry step. That's right. When I get when I get the bill from my supplier, I have to enter that into the system and it might have many, many, many pages and dozens or even hundreds of line items. Yep. That's right. Another thing that we learned also is that you're really trying to solve from the top, then like many, many people need to be involved. You need to get purchase order to be involved, engineer to be involved there. Like, you know, you kind of like, you know, so you go against a lot of like workflow and habit that you talk about. Um, you start the build level, it's the same. Like everybody we see build the same way. They're coming emails, uh, coming through the mail. And then AP team, that there is their job is to enter them into a QuickBooks. So by capturing it there, it becomes a much more natural place for you to solve where then no workflow has to be changed. They have this massive manual data entry um, and complexities around where does it go in accounting system that we can kind of inject right away and really immediately make a, a massive impact for business right where they need it. 
Yeah, one thing to add to that, and I would say just a, a touch differently is our determination was that was a much better place to enter the world, to enter the you know ecosystem. You can't try to be all things to all people, really as any business, but acutely as a startup. And so you need to find one person who has a, like an acute recurring problem, like we said, and let's try to solve that in a very narrow way. And then you can try to propagate through the organization. And this is what Fong is alluding to, where at every business, there is somebody who is getting those bills and processing them, doing some manual entry, uh, doing manual coding. Um, then that person moves on, the next person comes in, that same manual task is at hand, but they do it a little bit differently. And by virtue of doing it a little bit differently, you compound that those little bits of difference over the course of a year, over multiple people, over multiple, uh, you know, machine building cycles, if you will, if you're following, and all of a sudden your books are rendered not particularly useful because people have done things a little bit differently a bunch of different times, and there's compounding that. So we entered at that. Uh, and have continued to build out the solution to the level where now it's not just valuable to that AP person who, hey, I used to have to sit down and type this stuff in. I don't have to do that anymore. But now it's useful to the management who want to see in a much more real time and visible way, where are these you know, bills and payments in their cycle? It's very useful to the purchase order or the uh, project managers and the purchasing folks who want more visibility and want a more, you know, direct participation in the bill approval process, but only for the stuff that matters for them, not for the stuff that matters to Blake, who's running a very different project that I have no say in. Um, so all of these things, our approach has been enter in a very narrow way, solve one person's really acute recurring problem really elegantly and really completely and then figure out how they work with somebody else in the organization and how we can make that working dynamic easier, more streamlined. I love that because you haven't let go of the original vision, which is to automate the flow of accounting and financial data from raw materials to finished goods, Yep, which is, it's amazingly um, complicated, but also it can't be that complicated it must be solvable because if you do it for actual physical raw materials and you can take sand and you can turn sand into solar panels, right, then we should be able to do this with our accounting data as well. It's kind of amazing that it's so disconnected. You no, know, um, that's, uh, that's so funny how I become so passionate about this, um, you know, this kind of problem that we're solving where I look at it the same way and I'm an engineer. Like, look, I build machines, like these things work why it is not working, you know? And I, I, I came at it with not as much, um, you know, passion or, or being empathetic to the people who do the job in that if you're not doing the job, it does seem kind of like, how is it so complex? Like you got the bill, you enter them into the right place and you, you know, uh, why is it seemed complicated? And, and I said, it's until one of uh, like our CPAs, he took a, you know, one week vacation where we got bill to pay and I had to kind of go and do it myself. That where like my aha moment where like, wow, like they were like, this is intense. I don't want to do any of this. And why this bill don't have 
the project on it? Where does it go? Like what's happening? And I think that where it becomes it start clicking for me is that I think that that um like a misinvestment in the effort and the engineering um, technology into this solution that seemed from the outside world very straightforward, but have a lot of little complexities and nuance around. And that ultimately how, you know, you asked earlier, like how are we different? So like what, why the AP solution today don't really solve problem is that you know, because they only try to solve the 80% problem, but like all the little nuance, like, you know, where the team go, like what if the team doesn't match, what, you know, what about discount? Those are the type of thing that really compound the pain for the people doing the job um, that we mm-hmm. only learn by doing. And, and that's why we became so passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, one other thing that I would add to the comments that Fong just made are, uh, it's really, you know, appealing in these types of settings. And when we try to tell our story, to orient to the novelty and sophistication of the technology that we built, which allows us to read documents in a much better, more complete way. We call that technology wise vision. And I think while that underpins and is the basis that allows us to do what we do, Fong and I both believe that at least equally important are the much more mundane, much harder, much grittier, tiny little fixes that we make on an everyday basis. And your earlier point, Blake, about, hey, why should this, you know, this shouldn't be so hard. Um, And it's because, you know, no individual problem seems like it is that hard. It's small stuff. But when they add up over time, that results in people needing to do 50 clicks where it feels like they should just do one. And we've tried to take the approach of, we have this really powerful best in class underpinning technological solution. But on top of that, software just has to really work, right? It has to be intuitive. It has to be simple. It has to do what you think it should do. And the button should be where you think it should be. And so every time somebody has come to us and said, hey, I love that you guys do A, B, C, and D. It's been a landscape shifting thing for our business. But how do I deal with credit card rebates? Or how do I deal with this small thing? I hate how in competitor X's product, I have to you know, do these sinking gymnastics. We take each of those, we take them super seriously and we fix them. And over time, short period of time that we've been at it, it's been able to compound and build into something that just works the way it should be. And a lot of that is just kind of simple, dumb, boring, mundane, um, small fixes that we take really seriously. So let's talk again about who Makers Hub is for. Obviously, construction, manufacturing, anybody with a lot of complex bills, with lots of line items where they need to track all these costs to understand project profitability. Um, What about the accountants? What sort of accountants, bookkeepers are you looking to partner with? Yeah, it's a great question. And we learned very early on that accountants were such a great, you know, entry to this world where, you know, we came to the, you know, initial, you know, go to market effort, if you will, as saying, hey, this is for construction companies, physical world industries. That's a world that not only do we think we serve well, but that we really know, right? A huge benefit that we have is that Fong can sit down with a business owner in manufacturing and construction and they finish each other's sentences because he's been there. Um, but 
we also realized very early on that a lot of the people who are actually the ones who are encountering this pain are the CPAs, the bookkeepers, um, the people who Fong as a business owner says, hey, you know, I've got a real problem with this, but I'm trying to run the business. I'm just going to I need to hire somebody to help me with this. And so that's just shifting the problem from one person to the next. And to that next person, it was the CPA firms and the outsourced bookkeepers and fractional CFOs or even internal um, accountants who were the ones who were kind of the tip of the spear from the standpoint of experiencing the pain. And so our you know typical partner CPA looks like... Uh, you know, small to medium sized firm, somewhat QuickBooks centric, given QuickBooks is our focus right now, serving businesses that are, you know, between small to medium sized businesses, million in revenue, a couple people all the way up to, you know, low nine figure big businesses who just need some additional acumen and help. Um, people who are actually doing and processing AP and payments, obviously, you know, that's where. The weightiness really is of I've got customers with really hairy AP. I've sold them a solution. And right now uh, we know how to do it. We know how to ensure that their books are clean. We've offered them a tremendous amount of insight and help in terms of professional and you know outsourcing, if you will, some of the like laborious manual nature of this. But it's hard for us now. Yeah. And because of how hard it is for us to do, we have to limit the amount of clients that we can take on. We have to dedicate a lot of hours to this and we're being compensated for it and compensated fairly. But what we would really like to grow our business is to have a tool that allows us to do this much more efficiently, allows us to go to the user and say, hey, not only can I solve the kind of blocking and tackling elements of making sure your bills get paid, but Here's this whole set of insight, of analytics, of um, you know, real professional insight and contribution to your business over and above just getting this job done, right? And I think that the CPAs with whom we're working, where the uh, partnership is most encouraging, are the ones who say to us, "Hey, by virtue of using your tool." Not only have I been able to expand my customer base because of the technological leverage that you give us and our business, but I've been able to offer a much better product to my end customer because the data that I get is so much more robust. It's such higher integrity. I can go back to doing what I think an accountant's job really should be, which is let me give solutions to my customer about how to run their business better, how to be more financially efficient, how to optimize cash flow, how to just run a better business. I'm not just going to my customer anymore and saying, hey, that stack of bills that Fong was complaining about is no longer on your desk. That's great. That's important cost of entry. But for many of our CPA partners, they're able to say, I can sell a much better solution and I can do it with a lot more people because of technology. Yeah, I love that. Um, I can tell you that when I had my own accounting practice, I dabbled in job costing for clients and ultimately I couldn't do it. The solutions that were available to me, it just didn't make it uh, efficient yeah. for me to offer it as a, a fractional controller or a bookkeeper. And so ultimately I would have to help my clients find an in-house bookkeeper to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with this level of sophistication, 
where so much of it is tracked automatically. <clears throat> and you've got, like, you know, the items created. You can create items out of bills. I, 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 this is all stuff that would have had to be done manually even just, you yeah. know, five, ten years ago. Yeah. So I, I imagine, you know. And the uh... – and the uh, institutional knowledge too, right? Like, you know, what you really want at the accounting is, you know, over time you, you formulate the template on how business should run. And instead of, you know, being the laborious process of having a dedicated bookkeeper, per, you know, single bookkeeper per a business, you can now templatize it where, hey, it's a restaurant business, they should run this a certain way. We can have the pre-configure uh, automation where, you know, like I can now allocate my resource a lot more flexibly where like, hey, the bookkeeper A who always do book for company A, go on vacation, another person can come in because already templatized and it make, you know, like your ability to grow and expand and, and almost like offer these services a little bit more sophisticated as well. Yeah, your firsthand knowledge um, that you just offered Blake is really, you know, interesting and um, important in that we've got a couple examples of firms that we work with who have said we wanted to do this, but we couldn't do it because it wasn't cost effective. Where if you think about, let's take away for a second for a second the difficulty of doing job costing of doing AP. Absent the difficulty, it's really attractive business for an accountant to offer to their customer set. It never stops. Bills show up every day. As long as the business is functioning, they're going to get bills. Those bills have to be paid. It is the like quintessential recurring revenue, always evergreen business that accountants and accounting firms should really want to go after, right? You don't want to, in a perfect world, be doing just one-off consulting business where you go in and best case scenario is you make that problem go away, right? That problem goes away. Yeah. You solved it really well. And you know, you got to find somebody else with the same problem or a different problem for that same person. And you're kind of always trying to, uh, you know, seek out business. AP is a wonderful recurring problem that you can just serve. But the yep. problem previously, as you just uh, so eloquently uh, espoused, is that it's really hard. And if you don't have tools to help you, well, it's maybe not such good business because it's such a drag on your own productivity. And so we've well, got to... Like you said we could help them with paying the bills on time and we could help them manage their cash flow to some extent but we couldn't help them actually understand how profitable are these jobs because we like you said it just wasn't cost effective for us to do job costing yeah. or project costing exactly and so we've got a couple examples where I was going with that you know too long-winded story is we've got a couple examples of firms exactly like what you just described who said hey We've looked at this, we've wanted to do this, and we have determined previously that this didn't make sense for our you know, CPA accounting firm um, that with our tool have said, we're now marketing this service. We are doing this mm -hmm. business because we can finally do it cost effectively with the leverage that we've been able to give them. And what I love about that is that's a huge pain point for clients. It's underserved by accounting firms in the market. Very, very few uh, client accounting services practices or outsourced accounting practices will be able to do this because right. they haven't discovered the tech yet. So I love it because I'm always looking for just like startup founders, right? In accounting services, we can also find those pain points 
that are are solvable. Yep. And we can offer a service and nobody else is doing it. And that's the key to growth is, is find something nobody else is doing because you're the only one doing it. You have, you can capture the market basically. Absolutely. And we want to make it as easy for our accounting partners to do that as possible. Um, and that, you know, you can abstract us as away from this as is appropriate in your case, right? We do not feel the need to be plastered all over or everybody talking about our solution. A great partnership for us is an accounting firm that uses us to deliver that solution. And for the face of the customer, hey, this Blake's firm is just the best. We've had 20 of them. Nobody could do it. Blake's the only one who could do it. And it's reliable. It's on time. It's complete. It's accurate every time. Um, and, uh, and those have been great partnerships for us. So let's say I'm an accounting firm owner or practice leader. I want to try it out. I want to get started. Do you have a partner program? Do I just sign up on the website? How does that work? Yeah. So we have a partner program. Um, come sign up on the website and Fong, myself, Ted, some of our other team, happy to get on the phone with you, walk you through the solution, teach you more. It's one thing to listen to us talk about. It's another thing to see us and, you know, to see it in action. And then we give all of our accounting partner firms free access for their business themselves. So you can use Microsoft to run your own AP. It's a great test case for, uh, again, you know, listening to us talk about it is one thing. Watching us demo it is another thing. You going in and actually being the one to test it, try it, et cetera, is a you know far different thing. So everybody gets um, you know free access for their uh, CPA firms. And then as they, you know, realize the efficiency that is there and the efficacy of the tool, they can add customers and they can go out and sell the services knowing that Makersub is there, you know, as a partner and to give them some leverage, you know, in that process. And that URL is discover.makershub.ai. So head to discover.makershub.ai. If you want to learn more, try it for free. I love that, by the way, Charlie. Making it free for the accounting firms to try for themselves is such a helpful thing. Um, I would always test out apps on my own books before I ever did it with clients. Yeah. So I think that's really smart. Yeah, I mean, I, our attitude is if it's good enough for you and your business, you can go and enthusiastically and credibly recommend it to your clients. Mm -hmm. And if it, if it isn't, then we've failed and we don't want you to do that. And we want you to tell us why and we'll fix it. And that should be easy for accounting firms to test out because we do love to do job costing ourselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, we can get the benefit of that line item detail getting extracted into our own accounting systems. Um, Anything else you two would like to add before we go? No, this was great. You covered um, a lot in a short period of time. And I think we were able to hopefully, you know, convey uh, why we're different and the kind of uniqueness of the partnership between us and the CPA firms who are your audience and our super you know, important counterparties of ours and people that we want to partner with for the very long term. You know, we're not out here to sell you a month or a year's worth of software. We're here to be your partner. We're here to make your business more efficient. We're here to make your business bigger because when your business gets bigger and more efficient, it benefits us. And it's really that you know, symbiotic nature that we're out to, uh, to provide. 
that's where accounting is headed over my career in accounting, which has been 20 years now. Tech and accountants have gotten more and more connected. And uh, and I I mean, look at where we're we're at. We are recording this episode in the cloud using a variety of of tools. Um, And this is how we run our firms now, right? We can do it from anywhere, serving anyone, anytime. Very exciting. So uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I have been speaking with Fong No and Charlie Howe from Makers Hub. Again, check out discover.makershub.ai if you would like to learn more and appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Blake. Thanks a lot, Blake. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something new. And if you did, wouldn't it be nice to get some CPE credit for it? Well, I've got great news. My new app, Earmark CPE, offers free NASPA-approved CPE credits for listening to podcasts, including this one. Visit earmarkcpe.com to download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. That's earmarkcpe.com. 